Hello and welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast, where we like to discuss all things championship football and, of course, our beloved Birmingham City. Another set of fixtures have come and gone, with some teams lighting it up and others underwhelming. We'll be analysing the results from the weekend and looking at some transfers, as the transfer window has just slammed shut. It's also been another positive week for Blues. Uh, We'll be analysing the cup game against Fulham and the league clash with Barnsley. There's also the matter of picking our stars and stinkers and some small, almost insignificant transfer news at BCFC. Not worth mentioning at all. But before we go any further, I must introduce your hosts. My name is Alex and I'm joined by my, my, I can't talk properly. I'm joined by my perhaps a bit tired co-host is what I've written down. Joe, Joe, how are you today? Have you recovered from the excesses of Reading Festival? Oh God, mate. I, um, I have just about recovered. Uh, I'm very, I am very tired. I'm not going to lie. But uh, the show must go on. Mm. And let me let's just say, you know, yeah, we've got some little blues things to mention, a little <laughs> couple transfers who you may or may not have heard about. Mm. Um, but, you know, I'm excited about the show. Sorry that it's coming so late as well. We know mm. uh, it's, this will be out on the Wednesday and we're recording it on the Wednesday mm. uh, because I was away. And we've had a couple of technical uh, technical issues as well that has held us back. But it's kind of been a good thing though, right? Yeah. Holding us out till the end of the transfer window. I think so. So yeah, let's get into the show. Yeah, it's another packed show and uh, we'll be getting stuck in after this short intro jingle. So let's get right into it then. We're starting with our championship roundup uh, going to what is a surprising scoreline, Huddersfield beating Reading 4-0 at the weekend. Uh, Sorba Thomas inspired Huddersfield to a third straight championship win as Reading's troubled start to the season continued. Uh, the 22-year-old winger whipped in across for Lewis O'Brien to side foot the Terriers ahead. Uh, and then it was an in-swinging free kick into the box for Matty Pearson to poke home the second goal. Thomas capped a fine display with a solo run and low shot across Royals keeper Rafael Cabral, which found the bottom corner. And then Reading's miserable afternoon was confirmed when Josh Caroma crossed for Danny Ward, who rounded Cabral and tapped in a fourth. So Huddersfield have had a very surprising start to the season, I think, uh, <laughs> considering where they are now in the table. Fourth, uh, fourth place on 10 points, um, beating a Reading team that had a, had a really good go last season uh, and only just missed out on the playoffs. Um, what do you make of it? I mean, we 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 Huddersfield were, were beaten uh, well by Fulham a few weeks back, but they seem to have recovered from that and uh, they seem to have, have really got going now. Well, I think that we can't really go on a result against Fulham as a team's ability mm. this season. I think, you know, Fulham's... We've talked enough about Fulham and how good they are in their depth <laughs> in past shows. But for Reading, I mean, of course they lost that young... Uh, the young talent, what was his name? Michael Elise. Michael Elise. He's gone to uh, to Palace, I think, mm. isn't he? Um, which is a, which is a big loss. Mm. Um, but you look at their team, you think they, they they should have enough there to to be far higher than they are. Of course, you know they did uh, they did replace Elise with Halilovic, mm. who is we who, as we know, is a, a top talent. Yeah, and he can he, he can produce. But for some reason, it's just not working out at the moment for for Reading. I I think they'll come good. I don't have too much um, 
doubt that they will that they will end up pushing and they will end up top half of the table mm. eventually. But um, you know, like I said, you know, I was away at the weekend. I haven't followed the championship as much as I normally do. Mm-hmm. So all I can really do is go off some of the stats and some yeah. of the highlights. Yeah. And by the looks of it, four 0 seems probably about right. The the amount of shots that that Huddersfield had, they were just peppering, mm. uh, peppering the Reading goal and. Uh, Cabral had a really tough time in 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 the Reading net, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, I think Reading will will bounce back for Huddersfield. I think that that the, that really strong start to the season uh, and the momentum they have gained mm-hmm. uh, can only help them. You know, they've lost uh, they've only lost their opening game yep. since then. They've won all three, and uh, they they look really they look really really well drilled. Mm, yeah, they're only just edged out by Everton in the uh, in the cup as well. So clearly Huddersfield have got a good thing going uh, at the moment, but Reading have some work to do. And speaking of Fulham, we'll, we'll quickly touch on their game from the weekend. It was Alexander Mitrovic uh, who, who scored his fourth goal in as many games uh, as Fulham swept aside previously unbeaten Stoke to extend their lead at the top of the table. Scary stuff from, from Fulham. Mitrovic, who on Friday signed a new five-year deal to stay at Craven Cottage. Five-year deals. Set up Harry Wilson to give the Whites an early lead. The Serbia striker was also involved when Bobby Decordiva Reed made it 2 0 soon after the restart and then hit the third to wrap up Fulham's victory. Mitrovic might have inflicted further damage on Stoke, but his injury time penalty was kept out by visiting goalkeeper Joseph Bursic. Um, and again, there's a Harry Wilson goal and assist in, on his return to action. I mean, Fulham are on absolute fire, aren't they? You've got Mitrovic up there, you've got Harry Wilson, Bobby Decordiva Reed. They they look like the real deal, and we've said it every week, but it it really underlines that I think beating an um going and beating an unbeaten Stoke team, a Stoke yeah. team that have looked very good. Um, I think they look so. the real I deal. Think, yeah, I, I think that uh, again, you know, Stoke City have started really well. They shouldn't be too disheartened by this result. Um, uh, Fulham just played the way we expect Fulham to play, and I mean, you look at their team, their starting eleven. That is a Premier League starting eleven. It, 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 you know, it, I don't want to make excuses, uh, you know, for, for, for Birmingham or for anyone else in the championship, mm. but that really is it. You can go, you know, they they managed to get Paolo Gazzaniga in, who, when he was at Tottenham, whenever he played, he played well. He was mm. a really good backup to Hugo Uh Anthony Robinson is a really top quality wing back. Yeah. Uh, as well, Josh Onoma and Jean-Michel Serri in the middle, uh, uh, unbelievable at uh, 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 ticking play over. And of course, you know, Harry Wilson. Alexander Mitrovic, and that's without even going to their bench and seeing the likes of Ivan Cavallero, Joe Bryan, Alfie Mawson. Um, they have lost, uh, they lost someone to Napoli, didn't they? Angisa, yeah, joined yeah. Napoli on loan, yeah. Um, it, that, that's, yeah, I, I quite like him, but it just goes to show how much quality they've got that they can let a player like that go out on loan, and it doesn't really seem to weaken them too much. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it doesn't really. I think the way they want to play football, I think Seri will, will provide that, and uh, they've got another uh, Anguisa uh, that that because Anguisa was on the bench for this game. Mm. I don't think he played. I don't think he came on. Mm. Um, it will be interesting to see if, say, Seri got injured, who mm. would who would come in and be that kind of anchoring midfielder? Yeah. Uh, have they maybe got uh, someone from the youth academy who could step in? Mm. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, Stoke City should just keep playing the way they've been playing. I think. They didn't play particularly bad in this game. They were just mm. they, they they were just beaten by a better team, yeah. and it's going to happen yeah. to most teams that play Fulham. Mm. I think you're absolutely right, and uh, 
and it, yeah, Stoke shouldn't be too disheartened by a, by a three 0 loss to a, to a rampant Fulham team that are absolutely flying. Uh, moving on, then Cardiff uh, were beaten two one at home by Bristol City. It's the first time they've been beaten in the Championship this season, and that was all thanks to an Andreas Weiman double. Weiman gave Bristol City the lead at half time as he took advantage of some hesitant Cardiff defending. Bristol City goalkeeper Daniel Bentley could do nothing about Cardiff's equaliser as the ball struck him as the visitors desperately tried to clear. Vyman then won it with a superb volley on 71 minutes to give Bristol City the seven bridge bragging rights. Because uh, there's a little bridge between Bristol and, uh, and Cardiff there. Uh, <laughs> the biggest thing from the biggest takeaway for me from this game was that Aidan Flint's goal scoring run is over. Four goals in two games. His goal scoring run is over. The centre back. Uh, that was leading the goal-scoring charts, <laughs> has had to settle uh, for just defending uh, rather than just scoring. Um, what what did we make of this one then? It's It's been a bit of a, a, a weird start for both of these clubs, I think. Cardiff have started to pick up Bristol. We know they fell away a lot last season. They're both clubs that you just think that they might be capable of a run and going for a playoff spot, but, but it could easily go the other way, don't you think? It could. I think... Bristol City is on the, the well. It's, it's literally the flip of a coin. It could it could go either way. And when Bristol City turn up, they are a great team. They just do not turn up anywhere near enough. Mm. And uh, that's that's a big big problem, a really big problem. And yeah. eventually, that you know, I mean, already is starting to, to 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 bite them, and it will come back to bite them, time and time again, because you look at some of the teams that they're around in the league table, they're teams that they should be nowhere near. They, sh- they should be pushing for their promotion places. They, and, mm-hmm. and they're just not. And, you know, it's, you can't blame the investment. They've had plenty of investment. Yeah. So you have to question what it is. Is it a mentality? Is it uh, a lack of belief? Maybe that's mentality. I don't know if, uh, mm. uh, you know, it, there's, there's really a, there's really a, it's it's a puzzle. It's puzzling. It's puzzling to me, anyway. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if there's anything that you've seen that maybe you'd that you'd want to touch on for them. Well, it, it's it's very difficult, isn't it? I know I, I've obviously on the Cardiff side of things, I've got them in my uh, top six, uh, my predicted top six. But for for Bristol, I, I think they came up um, and clearly they had a couple of seasons where they they played really good attacking football. Uh, then there was a change of, of manager, and since then they seem to have been in free fall. They've had a, an okay start to the season. You know, they're they're sitting in uh, on seven points after five games, which is which is a pretty solid return. Um, but yeah, they it's it's a difficult one to put you put a finger on. They've got uh, they've got what is arguably a, a, a sort of very good mid-table championship team and a, and a team that with a bit of momentum and confidence could could push on beyond that, but. They they are middling a little bit, and you wonder what the season how it might unravel for them. Um, they they seem to have arrested the slide from last season a little bit, is what I would say in it, and that might be a clue as to how things pan out over the next uh, over the next ten months. Um, but we must move on because we're we, we we're going to spend hours on this otherwise. Uh, Brennan Johnson struck a late equaliser at Derby uh, to relieve some of the pressure on under fire Nottingham Forest boss Chris Hewton. So that was a 1-1 draw. The Rams went ahead from a rapid counter-attack with Craig Forsyth's raking crossfield pass finding Tom Lawrence, who took away a first-time finish from the edge of the box. Jack Stretton had a golden chance to double the lead with his close-range shot, 
um, but it was deflected inches wide by the knee of Forest keeper Scott McKenna. Johnson earned a share of the East Midlands Derby spoils with a powerful low shot that somehow squirmed past Rams goalkeeper Kelly Roos. So <laughs> it's a point for Forest. Uh, it's their first point of the season after five games. The pressure will still be on Hewton. We know that much. At least he didn't lose the derby. Um, I was, was going to say, I don't, I don't think the pressure on Chris Hewton has been relieved because he drew this game. Mm. He needed a win. Mm. Uh, more, than, more than any other team in the championship this match day, especially being it was a derby, yeah. against derby, in the derby, yeah. <laughs> they needed a win. Mm. And he didn't get it against... You know, we've said it time and time again, as everyone knows about what's going on at Derby, the problems they've got. Yeah. Um, they Teams need to be capitalising against that. Mm. And you look at the Forest team, I mean, they've got arguably one of the best goalkeepers in the league yeah. in Samba. I think, you know, Joe Worrell, if you go back two seasons, Joe Worrell was being chased by Chelsea, I seem to mm. remember. Mm. You know, they, they've got, you know, Carvalho and uh, Brendan Johnson. I'm a huge fan of Brendan Johnson. Welsh international who is, you know, he's, he's young, he's yeah. quick, he's creative. He's shown he's got an eye for goal. Mm. Maybe, I mean, should it have gone in? Maybe not. Maybe Rue should have done a bit better with it, but that's neither here nor there. It's, it's disappointing. And uh, while it may not be all Chris Hutton's fault, if you have to draw the line somewhere, it is at the manager. And yeah. me and you are both big fans of Chris Hutton. Mm. I think, it's probably if 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 Nottingham Forest don't want to be dragged into a huge relegation strap this season, in my opinion, they should cut their losses sooner rather than later. Right, right, yeah, I, I think you might be right. It's it's getting a bit desperate. One point after five games, bring in Sam Allardyce. Because I mean, they, they might do. They might do. He's out he, of work. He's on, his, he's, he's on his way to Arsenal, will he? Oh well, that that might be true. Might be <laughs> of the way things are going at the Gunners, yeah. Well, just a quick, uh, quick uh, to, to touch on Derby as well. Six points after five games. It's it's, it's been a, a good start, really. A lot of people had already written them off, but you do. We worry, were think, we were some of them people as well. We were, we were. I think they are surprising some, but is the concern more about squad depth and when a few injuries yes. come in and, and tiredness, yes. they'll start to drop off. It'll be about burnout, won't it? Yeah, and they'll burn out quicker than most teams because you know when you're when you're relying on a 38 year old Phil Jagielka or 39 I don't, I, I don't know uh, to be to be your rock in the middle yeah that's a bit of an issue um you know don't get me wrong Phil Jagielka is an unbelievable player mm. or at least he was he's 39, I just 39. <laughs> uh that's not ideal mm. uh but I have to say I'm impressed by Ravel Morrison yeah yeah he a player who when he was younger, was tipped to be the next best player in the world mm. uh, while I was at Manchester United. Mentality uh, really made him fall off. Yeah. Uh, and he start, he's showing a little bit here. And, you know, Wayne Rooney was at Manchester United when Ravel Morrison was there. So maybe there's an element of that, maybe a bit of Wayne Rooney giving him that belief, remembering mm. who he, the player he could be, that's starting to help him find that player again he's not that he's not that player that he was he's not that unbelievable next generation best player of golden boot golden mm. ball whatever mm. winner yeah uh, but he's certainly a solid solid attacker in that 
Derby side. If it wasn't for him, would they have six points? I'm not convinced. Yeah, no, it's, it's a really, really good point. Um, to keep us moving, West Brom <laughs> snatched uh, a very, very late winner at Peterborough. It was Semi Ajayi's 94th minute tap-in uh, that saw the Baggies snatch a fourth consecutive championship victory and break the hearts of a dogged Peterborough side. The Baggies had edged a scrappy but high-energy game, Ajayi hitting the post earlier in the second half after home keeper Christy Pym's excellent save from debutant Jordan Hugill's header had fallen to the centre-back, but Posh largely stood up to the aero bombardment from the visitors. However, Valerian Ismail's side kept plugging away and deep into five minutes of stoppage time, Matt Phillips powered his way to the byline and fizzed the ball across goal for Ajayi to divert in unmarked. The goal sparked jubilant scenes and sees West Brom join leaders Fulham on 13 points, while managers Ismail and Darren Ferguson clashed as tempers flared after the full-time whistle. So Baggies finding a way to keep up with Fulham um, onto 13 points after five games, which is a, a crazy return. Um, they just found a way, didn't they? It was one of those games. They did. And it is absolute heartbreak for Peterborough. I know the two of us both think that Peterborough are going to struggle, but I mean, they deserve something out of this game. They were so rigid in their yeah. defence is the way I think. Mm. Uh, I'd want to put that and but I, I mean you have to grind out results and that's what West Brom done they kept plucking away and they got that one opening and when they got it Ajayi took it yeah uh, Sam John I'm looking here Sam Johnson got a yellow card I don't know what that was for but whenever a goalkeeper gets a yellow card I'm always intrigued <laughs> um, also, uh, Sam Johnson I don't know how busy he was in this game um, it, by the looks of it not very uh I think it was quite one-sided and it was kind of West Brom attacking and Peterborough defending as you would have expected this game to be. Mm. Um, but I think that, uh, I think that Peterborough can be really, really proud of themselves. Obviously you don't want to be proud of a loss. Mm. They can, they, they held themselves really well. They, uh, they, they were just, they, they, they looked like a good team and they looked like that's the kind of performance where no, they didn't get the result. No, they didn't get the points. But at least they, they showed them, proved to, if no one else to themselves, that they can perform against them teams and perform well. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Um, they, they have to take great heart and great confidence from it, even though they didn't get any points. It shows that they can compete with the, the best sides in this league. And they have to take, if they have that approach to, to a lot of their games, and it's a difficult thing to, to keep up in the championship. But if they can maintain that intensity, uh, you feel like they... They might be okay. They might be okay. That uh, there are certainly um, there's certainly some real positives to take from that. And then we're just. I think the best thing to do now is quickly round up the remaining fixtures because uh, yeah, <laughs> we've go got to get on to uh, transfer news because there's been a lot going on. Um, Middlesbrough drew one one with Blackburn. Goals from Sam Gallagher and Johnny Howson. Uh, red cards for each side there. Mm. Um, you know, it's again two sides. The red cards uh, came within two minutes of each other. Yeah, it makes you wonder if something's gone on there. I've, I've not, I've still not seen footage, but but you know, it moves Blackburn onto eight points after ten games. Middlesbrough are on six points after five games. I'd it, love to see what Warnock was up to uh, during that red card fiasco. <laughs> he's he's always doing something, isn't he? I'm sure oh, yeah. sometimes he's either going absolutely mad at but at the referee, or he's I don't know, just making a scene. Nil-nil um, draws between Hull and Bournemouth. A good point there for the Tigers, you could argue. Uh, and a nil-nil draw between Luton and Sheffield United. Sheffield United have still only scored one goal in the league uh, thus far, which is 
after five games, which is pretty mad considering really poor. Uh, the, the the team they've got. Uh, Preston beat Swansea three goals to one. Confident which is a very, very good result for, for them. And and slightly concerning for Swansea, yeah, Russell Martin was obviously appointed manager in the summer. Yeah. Um, they are sat in 19th place with four points, Swansea. And and their their sites would have been on the playoffs. So to, to already exactly. have well, to already be five points behind, you start mm-hmm. to wonder: are they going to are they going to be able to keep up and, and close the distance? Well, I think that their their sites will still be on the playoffs. You know, as we know full well, the the roller coaster of a season that the championship is. You know, there's no reason why they couldn't be. They have brought in Michael Obafemi from Southampton, mm. the young uh, young. He, well, he, he's actually Irish. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he's um, a very very good player. Very he's a he's a really exciting young player, and they brought him in permanently, mm. which is a big thing, and uh, that's exciting. Also, it, from that game, Sepp Vandenberg uh, got his first league goal in English football. Mm. Um, the centre back on loan from Liverpool. Yeah, uh, I think he's on loan, isn't he? I, I believe so. Yeah, I think they, um, he's been there. He did a year loan, and then they renewed the loan. They did it again, basically, for another year. Yeah. They were, everyone was happy to continue with the arrangement. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, all. Um, I think Peter Brook can be very, very happy going into the uh, going into the international break. Yeah, yeah, and then the final two results, just to mention quickly: uh, Millwall uh, edging out Blackpool two one. Blackpool had a, a player sent off in the fourteenth minute, uh, which is never ideal away from home. Uh, but they was took a last the lead. Minute winner. Yeah, they, they took the lead in the 57th minute, but only for Millwall to turn it round with the goal uh, from Jed Wallace in the 63rd minute and then Liam Cooper in the 90th minute. So heartbreak there for the Tangerines. They could have taken a point uh, with just 10 men. Uh, and then finally, QPR beating Coventry 2-0, which I'm sure you'll be very happy with, Joe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, can I just say, who, who scored that second goal for Millwall? Uh, the second goal was uh, Liam Cooper, I believe. Are you, sure? my Cooper, Are you sure? I get my Coopers mixed up. Here we yeah, go. It, was, it was it was Jake, Jake Cooper. Cooper. It was Jake Cooper. Jake Cooper. Yeah. Just, sorry, uh... sorry. I'll do that lots on the show. There's too many. <laughs> it should all have to have, have different names. It shouldn't be allowed. It shouldn't um, be allowed because I get I get them all mixed up. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, moving swiftly on. <laughs> Keep sorry it up being commentary two I had, to, I had to do it. I know. I know. And I'm sure it'll happen again. Oh, it'll happen to up, me as well. Yeah, no, well, I'm sure. But uh, QPR beating Coventry, um, QPR going from strength to strength, I think. They're, they're in third place, 11 points. I think they're on for a good season. Um, you know, Coventry themselves are, are no mugs. They're only in seventh. And and um, it's, it's a good result for QPR going into the into the international break. And, and being in third position, they'll be very, very happy. Yeah, they will be. Um... And I think we'll, we'll be talking about QPR after the break, which is coming up very shortly. Um, we're going to take a quick break because uh, we've got quite a lot of transfer stuff to get through we do. Uh, from around the championship. And then we're going to move into the Birmingham half of the show, if you want to look at it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll be back very shortly and uh, discussing these teams in a bit more depth yeah. and, and some very interesting transfers that are going on uh, around the league. Welcome back to the Royal Blue Show. Now we're going to talk about some of the transfers that have gone on around the championship before we head into the Birmingham uh, part of the show. Uh, and we're going to get straight into it because there are, there's a lot to talk about. We're trying to get everything into an hour's worth of podcast content. Starting with Bournemouth, uh, Celtic and Scotland midfielder Ryan Christie has joined Bournemouth on a three-year deal. And uh, Christie was part of Scotland's squad for Euro 2020. Uh, and won the last of his 20 caps in the 2-0 loss to the Czech Republic in June. Um, he started three of Celtic's four games this season and played in five 
of their six European ties. Uh, he joins from undisclosed fee and he's the fifth new permanent signing to move to the club this summer. He joins Swansea City forward Jamal Lowe, who moved to Bournemouth for an undisclosed fee earlier on, uh, on the Tuesday. Uh, yeah, they've also signed former England defender Gary Cahill, Norway goalkeeper Orjan Nyland, and Danish midfielder Emiliano Marcondes, uh, who moved to the Cherries earlier in the transfer window. Uh, they've also got Leeds defender Leif uh, Davis and Manchester City forward Morgan Rogers uh, on loans. So a lot of business going on at Bournemouth. Uh, they all look like really good signings to me. You know, you look they at... Do. You look at, you know, Christie and, and Jamal Lowe in terms of what they can offer going forward. Uh, Gary Cahill is an experienced, a rock at the back. Uh, Nyland, who's a very good goalkeeper. Mark Hondes, who got promoted with Bournemouth last season. They are very, very good signings. Promoted with Brentford last season. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think I think Mark Hondes is a great signing. Um, I think but the pick of the bunch has to be Christie. I think that's probably the closest to a Dan Juma replacement in mm. that line in that lineup. And I think the sign of Jamal Lowe, of course, he 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 can play as a winger. Yeah. Um, but I th- I think his best position is through the middle. And Solanke, who I've got no doubt he's a good player, he struggles to find the back of the net. And that's not what you want from your number nine. Yeah. So I think, you know, Jamal Lowe. Bring some extra dynamism. Ryan Christie is extremely creative and well-trusted, experienced international for Scotland, uh, played with some of the best players at Celtic and, and with the national team. Uh, and also, I, I, I didn't realise they got Gary Cahill in. I didn't, that, that, that yeah, went under my radar. I think it was a one-year one deal. Um, but to have that level of experience... Oh, that um, will only help. I think that him coming in, because I know that they did try to bring back uh, Cameron Carter Vickers from Tottenham Hotspur again. Uh, that fell through mm. uh, due to Tottenham not wanting to not. I think Tottenham wanted to try and sell him on a permanent, not loan him out again. Mm-hmm. Bournemouth didn't want that, so I think I think him coming in is really good for Lloyd Kelly because Lloyd Kelly is a really I really like him. I think he's got the potential to be one of the best centre backs in the league, and I think he's got the ability to be an England international. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there there is there's just a lot of exciting talent there. Um, <laughs> Joe's just muted himself because he's coughing a lot. He's he still hasn't fully recovered or got his voice back from Reading Festival, um, but he's doing okay. He's very doing sorry, okay. guys. He's okay. He's okay. He's all right. He's still with us. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, a, a great host of signings from Bournemouth. Um, moving on to QPR, they signed Andre Gray on loan. Um, on the final day of uh, of the window, um, Andre Grove. Yeah, it's a good signing. A thirty year old. He joined the Hornets from Burnley in August twenty seventeen and scored twenty one goals and one hundred and twenty five appearances. However, he had his best uh, seasons under QPR boss Mark Warburton when he managed a striker at Brentford uh, during the twenty fourteen to fifteen campaign, where he netted seventeen league goals. QPR strengthening even further there, Joe. Um, yeah, they're looking. They're looking good. They want to be in the Premier League, don't they? They want it. They, <laughs> they do. I think you could probably say that about most of the championships. Of course, yeah, of course. But you know, they, <laughs> but they can probably see the opportunity guy. is there for them. Yeah, yeah. And they, 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 there's no reason that they can't take that with both hands and, yeah. and, and do it. I, um, I'm excited about Andre Gray. Is he was he the only person that left the Hornets this summer? I, I think know. I think so. I, I'm pretty sure that's the case. I don't think there's any other 
I don't think it's not like they lost their club captain or anything. No, nothing worth mentioning on the show. I don't um, think so. Not on the, the Birmingham show, I don't think. <laughs> uh, and uh, moving on, we mentioned Fulham and, and their sort of perhaps lack of depth in CDM, the defensive midfielders. They signed Nathaniel Chalobah on a permanent deal um, from Watford and uh, fellow midfielder Domingos Kina has joined on a, on a season-long loan as well. Uh, Chaloba signed a two-year deal. Um, and then, yeah, as we mentioned, um, Anguissa has joined Italian side Napoli. So some incomings and outgoings there uh, at, at Fulham. You uh, you could have told me about uh, Chalaba signing before making me look like an idiot. So they have I just, I, you know, I just, you know, you got me with the, the mix up with the Coopers. <laughs> yeah, I'm you with the... <laughs> but it, isn't that just underlining again to be able to get a player in like Chalaba, who's only 26, who's got a lot of, he's played a lot of games across his career already. Mm. Um, it's just a, a further underlines Fulham's. It's their pull. I think. I think. Yeah. Anyone, anyone they want to bring in, their biggest selling point is next season will be in the Premier League. Mm. Yeah. And they will be. You know, barring some catastrophic chain of events, they will be in the Premier League next year again. They'll probably be back in the Championship the year after that, but you know, <laughs> that's that, that that that's that's in the future. I guess uh, you get to play in the Premier League every other year. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty exciting. <laughs> that's pretty good. I um, I think that I think is 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 Chalaba. Is it Nathaniel Chalaba? That's correct. So he, is it his brother who plays for Chelsea? That young Trevor Chalobah. Trevor, yeah. Trevor Chalobah. Are they brothers? Are they brothers, I, or is it just a? Because he's. I don't. A, he's I don't know. I, I've got a feeling they are, but I, I don't want to. Don't want to say they are. Inevitably, I will. I'll get them mixed up at some point, and I'll say the wrong oh, one. Yeah, of course, yeah. I'll say that Trevor Chalobah has just scored a winner for Fulham. I was, I was about to say Trevor Chalobah as well, and that's why I had to, <laughs> I had to double back myself. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I think. I think. Yeah, that's a great time. Domingo's Queener. Is a fantastic signing mm. on loan for. Uh, I assume it's a season-long loan. I don't know if there's yes. like an option to buy or anything. Yeah, well, uh, my my notes here say there is an option to make it permanent. Do we know how much for? No, I can't. I've not got any figures on that. Well, because I think I think I think that is a top 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 signing. Him and Harry Wilson. So if like because because for me Harry, if you have Harry Wilson in the hole, uh, with with. Carvalho, uh, Cavallero, sorry, mm. on the wing with uh, with uh, Domingo's Quina. Uh, of course, you know, I mean, oh, bloody hell. I mean, some of the we can, I'm not going to list all of the Fulham players because it'll take forever. Yeah. But um, it, that's a fantastic signing. Yeah. I, and I, I think, think um... if they get promoted, if mm. I put that into parentheses, because <laughs> uh, then uh, I think they'll probably make that permanent. If and, Yeah. Uh, and I think that's probably presumably what the, what the plan is. Uh, on Keener's side that he wishes to get promoted and then uh, assess his options, especially you don't know how Watford's season is going to go as well. So it's, yeah, it's, he's in, he's in a, an interesting position there. Uh, moving on to Sheffield United, who desperately need to score goals. Uh, <laughs> they've signed Wolves midfielder Morgan Gibbs-White and Roma goalkeeper Robin Olsen on season-long loan deals. Gibbs-White has made 66 appearances for the Premier League uh, side uh, Wolves having come through their academy. And then Olsen uh, is there. Um, he spent last season on loan with Everton. We know making 11 appearances there. Uh, he is there uh, to replace uh, Aaron Ramsdale, who uh, yep. joined Arsenal for £24 million earlier this month. Ridiculous amount of money <laughs> for Aaron Ramsdale. I know, listen, I, I quite like Aaron Ramsdale. He's a good shot stopper. I think he had the second highest save percentage in the Premier League when they got relegated. Yeah, right. But that's mostly because I think he, he was just peppered with shots. Yeah. He was absolutely like he was 
the, he was shot at the most more than anyone else. I think other than Alphonse Ariola in, mm. uh, in the in the Fulham goal at the time. Mm. I think I can't uh, listen. He's not even been called up to the England squad ahead of Sam Johnston. You know, and I know Sam Johnson's a top goalkeeper. Mm. Rams has a top goalkeeper. Is he a twenty-four million pound backup goalkeeper? I'm, this isn't an Arsenal segment, All right? If anything, we should be saying Sheffield great business for them mm. to get the money yeah. they did. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what we'll do. But they, have they invested that money correctly? No, mm. is the answer. I think you know <laughs> Gibbs White is a good player. He, he's a solid player for Wolves. Never a regular starter, continuously comes off the bench, yeah. perennial cup player. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I've got no doubt that in the championship, I'm sure he'll he'll play plenty. I'm sure he'll uh, perform regularly. And you know, I know Sheffield have started poor, but I still have I still have no doubt that they'll come good. I still they've got to doubt. they've got to haven't they with the quality? They they also signed Conor Hurahan on loan from from Aston Villa, who we yeah, you know yeah. his quality in in the in the championship. I, 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 they've got to pick up some point, but where are the goals going to come from? They don't see, they've got, they've got the players to do it, but they just can't seem to score. And I'm sure over the international break, there'll be some thinking about formations and trying to, trying to just find the way to, to make the most of what they've got. Clearly, Jukanovic's approach hasn't been quite uh, on the money just yet, um, but I'm sure he'll look to address that. And then the final transfer that I thought was quite interesting is that Mill will have signed Liverpool forward Shea Ojo on a season-long loan deal. Ooh, the 24-year-old spent last season with Cardiff City, scoring five goals in 42 outings. Uh, he's made 13 senior appearances for the Reds um, and has previously had loan spells at Wigan, Wolves, Fulham, Reims and Rangers. He was part of the England squad that won the Under-20 World Cup in 2017. Uh, with two years left on his contract at Anfield. It seems like a good signing for me at Millwall. I mean, with a Gary Rowett team, uh, the wingers and those sort of quick, wide players, um, you know, they have to work hard and they have to do a lot of uh, defensive work. But, you know, he will get chances well, think, in, in a Rowett side. I think that that's, that's maybe one of the reasons he's gone to Millwall from Liverpool, because that's the kind of football Liverpool play. Mm. Liverpool forwards have to be tireless, they have to be pressing, they have to be willing to do the dirty work. Yeah. And Ojo will will certainly be willing to do that for for Millwall. I think top. I think that's a top sign, and I think that the Millwall have built a tidy little squad. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think uh, you just wonder about about Ojo's sort of position in that he's got two years left on his contract at Anfield. He's had all those moves to different clubs. Um, you know, is he is he starting to think about well, where's my next sort of home going to be, my next destination? Because it's, it seems unlikely from, from me looking on the outside. I'm no expert on Liverpool and their football dealings, but it looks to me like he will be, we need to look for a new club. So maybe this is the kind of opportunity where he can look at really making an impact and, and potentially working out a deal. Um, anyway, we just, that was a very quick transfer roundup. We've, we've, not, we've got a lot to get in uh, still. We've got to do the whole Birmingham City half of the show. Oh, yes. So, yeah, I've been looking forward to this. This is what I really wanted to get into. <laughs> um, so we just wanted to quickly do a transfer roundup. Uh, we're going to be getting into the Birmingham City stuff right after this. So it is on with the Birmingham segment of the show, the segment that we've all been waiting for. The worst kept secret in uh, in championship football is finally no longer a secret. 
we mm. will uh, we'll of, of course be covering that. Uh, also, a couple of other transfers to talk about, some incoming, some outgoings that may come back to haunt the club as well. Uh, and of they course normally do. They do. They do normally. Of course they do. It wouldn't be, uh, <laughs> it wouldn't be a transfer window if they didn't. And uh, of course, we do have to get into the match reports and our stars and stinkers. Yeah. So stay tuned. Right, Alex, <laughs> what do you want to talk about first? Well, I just want to get straight into it. I want to, the, the headline of it all, what we've all been really excited about and something I never thought would happen. I think a lot of Blues fans never thought would happen. Um, and that is Birmingham City signing striker Troy Deeney on a two-year deal after he left Watford uh, early on Monday this Woo-hoo! week. I can't believe it. Um, it it's, it's not just his undoubted quality and, and you know his numbers in the Championship and the Premier League a bit. It's it's the whole lift that he gets the club. He's been a fan since he was a boy. It's it's having that presence in the dressing room and, and giving other players a kick and saying, look, this is what it means. You've got to work hard. You've got to, you know, and I think it's so conducive already to the, the atmosphere that's been built by Lee Bowyer and Craig Gardner already at the club. It, it really does add to that. And, and you really start to think that maybe the club is now starting to turn a corner and we can start getting really excited. Yeah, it does. And, you know, I think watching his uh, his first interview, mm. uh, I mean, some of the things he was saying, first of all, he revealed that he took a massive pay cut yeah. to join us, which is, you know, it just goes to show he doesn't care about the money. He's coming mm. here because he wants to get this club to where it belongs to be. And uh, he said that he wants to get the club promoted, <laughs> which is huge. I yeah. said, semi-jokingly, that uh, the... Blues could finish fourth this season. Wow. I mean, I I mean, I still, even with the signing of Dini, I just... Of the, course, the... yeah, of course. Of course <laughs> I but... just can't, I can't convince myself fully. I know, I know. You can. I mean, you've been a Blues fan for way longer than I have. You know, it's a little, it's a little secret. I've only been a Blues fan for the last few years. Mm. Uh, so I only know the club, you know, in the last few years. And I think that... Uh, Listen, I just, I just, there's this feeling, it's going on, it's happening. You know, Troy Dean's at the club. He's a, he's, 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 he's a leader. And also yeah. he was talking about the community mm. and how important it is to, you know, after the game to go and spend time with the fans. You know, he was talking about going down to local pubs around the ground. Mm. Every single pub is going to be rammed with Birmingham fans now waiting for him to walk <laughs> through. And it's, 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 it's just, oh, I'm so, it was the best news possible. On yeah. that, because uh, it, it, it was official on deadline day, but I think it was when because I do follow Watford on Instagram, I follow mm. Watford a little bit. Um, and they were talking about how they were in talks to resolve his uh, his quote unquote situation. And mm. I think as soon as that was uh, a thing, I think that um, they knew that he, and I think Troy knew and Birmingham knew. That, that there was only really one place. There was a rumor yeah. about him maybe going to Rangers, yeah, because his uh, his uh, his agent was at Ibrox, but I think his agent has another client mm-hmm. who plays for Rangers. So that was that was fake news. Mm. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's it's a huge huge number thirty six. It's already my wallpaper. <laughs> it's a Just huge huge shine. It. Oh yeah. Well, you can't. Well, oh yeah. Now I can see it. That's good. That's good. Yeah, looking good. It, it is a huge signing and, and he would have had offers from elsewhere. But as you say, it, this isn't about money. This is about making uh, a mark uh, and trying to achieve something with his boyhood club. And that that kind of um, enthusiasm and energy that that brings to the dressing room, I think will really rub off on, on the other players. 
clearly, you know, he was, he's, well, you could almost say he's a Watford legend. He was there for 11 years. He said he, he felt sadness and a loss, similar to feeling a family member um, when he had, when, you know, when it was all announced that he was leaving. But he feels excitement about his new journey, he says, uh, and what's to come in the future. He feels tremendous pride of what he's achieved over the last 11 years uh, and the friendships and connections that he's made. But he believes in the existing project at Birmingham, um, having spoken to the so guy. Yeah, man, the gaffer and Craig Gardner, and they, he can visualise his role in the squad. It's it's finally happened, and it really, I think, caps off a really good transfer window for Blues uh, in terms of incomings. Um, he it, it, just looking at the numbers, you know, forty-seven goals in five Premier League seasons. Um, in his first season as, as captain uh, for, at Watford, he scored twenty-one goals in the Championship. I mean, these are these are, are mad numbers. Yes, he's think, thirty-three. But do you think he'll be captain when he plays? Or will still be Harley Dean, won't it? I, I I imagine it will still still be Harley Dean. It's a difficult decision. I, I I but part of me can see the merits of of giving it to Troy Deeney. I, it's <laughs> it's a difficult one. I'm sure it's one that uh, Lee Bowie will be thinking on. Um, it probably it would upset the apple cart. I think a little bit. We had a think, good start yeah, to the season. So. You know, so I, I think mean, um yeah. I, I, I'm I'm so excited about about Troy. It's all I can think about. And uh <laughs> I really I, I mean I think you know because he's got that Birmingham tattoo on his leg, I think. He has. Uh but it, so for Watford in the eleven years he was there, he made three hundred and eighty-nine appearances mm. and he scored hundred and thirty-one goals in total, Blimey. which is a very, very good return. And mm. I tell you what, this will be a really exciting thing to talk about with another. Watford striker legend Tommy Mooney yeah. in a few weeks. Yeah, what a topic it will be to bring up with him. Mm. I I can't wait for that. Yeah. Um, so uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he can try and get get us to get Troy on the show. I'm sure he has his number. Oh yeah, you never know. You never know. You never know. I'll uh, we'll speak to Tommy. <laughs> He's a friend of the show and a friend of a uh, a friend of ours. So who knows? Troy Dini on the show. Let's let's, let's try make and make it happen. happen. Yeah, let's, let's make, make it happen. It happen. <laughs> I, what, what worries me is, and this is something that Troy Deeney has mentioned in the past, is that there's this added pressure of playing for your boyhood club. Uh, there's a, a greater weight of expectation, as he describes it. Yeah, naturally. Um, and he's always said that he, w- he wouldn't join Birmingham because he thinks the pressure would be too much. But then when he signed, he said, pressure is what I thrive on. It's what I've dealt with throughout my career, proving people wrong and silencing the naysayers. But I'm very aware that this is my biggest task to date. <laughs> What, what do you think? Stuff. What do you think about players playing for boyhood clubs? I, I think I'm trying to think of other examples off the top of my head. And... Well, I think for the fans, it's 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 incredible for the fans because it's they they have a special connection with them because they're one of them. Mm. Like genuinely, there's nothing better than like for for like so you think of like Dean Henderson at Manchester United. You know, there's you've got photos of him in the crowd celebrating, yeah, yeah. and then two years later starting at Old Trafford. You know, you've got. Um, you can think of Jude Bellingham, mm. and you know, hopefully, Job in a uh, mm. in a season or two. You know, you can think of, you know, for for Blues themselves, that's a great example. In the Premier League, Harry Kane is a was a boy a Tottenham fan. Yes, there's a whole Arsenal Academy thing, whatever, blah blah blah. He he was a Tottenham fan growing up, mm. you know, and there and there are there are plenty of examples. You know, Alan Shearer playing for Newcastle, yeah, yeah. was a huge one. You know, the only thing is. That, that can happen is nostalgia. Are you only signing this player because they were a boyhood fan? I don't think that's the case with Troy. We need goals. Mm-hmm. Troy brings goals and he brings yeah. leadership. 
Mm. But, you know, th- that you can be stung by the nostalgia of, oh, he's a boyhood club, he'll, he, you know, he's a boyhood fan of the club yeah. and whatever. But yeah. um, I, I think, I, I think this, every, from every single angle, by the sounds of it, we've not spent, we're not spending much money on him. Mm. He's a leader. He'll bring us goals. He'll, he'll make everyone better. He'll make everyone work harder. Yeah. Um, and and he'll, he'll bring a special connection with the fans that, especially for Blues with the whole stadium debacle going on at the moment, yeah. <laughs> it'll bring, it'll bring just that, it will bring that specialness back into St. Andrews. Mm. And I tell you what, I'm so gutted that I can't make it to the Blues Derby game because that will be his first, presumably yeah. his first game. Mm-hmm. But we will be at the Birmingham Fulham game five mm-hmm. days later. Yeah. Um, I cannot wait. <laughs> I just cannot yeah, wait. Um, my, my hope and my prayer now is that they get those other two stands ready because could you oh, imagine yeah. the place packed out uh, in that derby game and Troy gets the winner? If oh, the place God. would go into absolute, it would be bedlam. Uh, I would, I would, I would put money on it being a pitch invasion if that happened. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Seriously, and if it was a pitch invasion, I can't say I wouldn't join in. <laughs> well, you're, you're irresponsible, a... irresponsible youth with all these music festivals and all these oh, no, invasions. No, no, no. Bloody hell. Got, oh god, the amount of... I'm a very responsible young man. <laughs> I... <laughs> Yeah, if you believe that, you believe anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe the Birmingham are going up this year. It's happening. Well, exactly. It's happening. <laughs> I'm going to get Bir- Birmingham City Championship winners 2022. What do you think? Tattooed You're going to get that tattooed on yourself. Wow. wow. I mean, it's your, it's your body, your decision. <laughs> but, uh, I'm not sure. I, have, I am getting a tattoo on Friday, you know. Maybe I'll change it to that. Really? What, what are you getting? Uh, I'm, getting a, uh, I'm getting a young blood tattoo. Oh yeah, you've been my, I'm getting it after it on, your experience. On my left forearm. I was already a massive fan of his. Yeah, uh, I'm getting it on my left forearm. forearm. It just says oh. loner. It's, a, it's, a... it's quite accurate then. <laughs> yeah, this is the this is the most human contact I've had uh, in in in. Fro- I didn't even go Reading Festival. I just watched it on the BBC. <laughs> Good, nice. Well, for some of us at my age, that's that's not necessarily a bad option. So you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't take the take the mic. No, but just on the final point on Troy Deeney, I thought it was very interesting as well to hear that the uh, club shopper ran out of E's to print on, on shirts, the letter wow. E, um, because there are so There's many three fans. in his name, isn't there? Yeah, so many fans buying uh, Deeney shirts, so uh, they've got to sort that out. Um, and one final word from Troy, he said, this is not a swan song, this is my next chapter and it's time to work. So he's ready to go, uh, and I think the Blues fans are I'm ready. I'm in love with him already. Mate, I, I think it's going to be brilliant. I'm he's also, he's also quite a funny, quite a funny chap. He's quite a good personality. I think. Yeah, he's he, he as does. Well. I, I just want us to sign uh, Jonathan Hogg now, just so we can get the commentary. Hogg! <laughs> yeah, no, God, that's one of the best moments in football ever. I think it genuinely in all of because I was thinking in English football that's one of the best moments. But I thought that's one of the best moments in all of football. Like, yeah, ever. yeah, you know, it's up there with the that had that is up there with like the Aguero goal. Yeah. Yeah, the the Dini goal is is right. Is what, well, in I terms mean, of in terms of commentary, my oh, uh, oh my, my favorite God. one is uh, when Torres scored that final winner at the New Camp against oh, and, Barcelona uh, and Gary. Oh, Neville. And Gary Neville <laughs> ejaculated by the sounds of it. That's my favorite one. Um, that's, up, that's pretty up there. I mean, do you know what? I mean, it's not commentary, but every single time Jamie Carragher says the word there. And they're on on normally on Monday Night Football when they're talk- doing analysts. He says, "If you look just there, just there." <laughs> he loves the word there. He loves it there, <laughs> there. I reckon he yeah. falls asleep and he just hears that in his mind. <laughs> just put that there, right there. 
Right, we've got to move on. We're, we're messing around now. <laughs> we are now. Um, so there have been a couple of outgoings as well um, yep. to discuss. Uh, Charlie Lakin. Yeah, let's bring it uh, up. Bring yeah, it up. He's, he's left to join Burton on a three-year deal. What do we make of that one? I, I was, think he, see, was he released or did we receive a fee? I think he, I think he was released, but the, the agreement was on a free. It's, it's literally just to, to free up a few minuscule wages in, in, in grand, the grand scheme of things. That's really annoying because I really like him. I think... I think that will come back to bite us in the ass. Mm. I don't know. Is that explicit content? Do we have to put an E on the end of our thing now? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to discuss it. You're going to get us. You're going to get us. uh, We're going to get demonetized. All the the podcast services. Um, no, it, it's it's one of those. I've, I've watched him in a few cup games, and you, and clearly he was, he was on loan somewhere in Scotland last season. I can't remember if I made. He was very very good. For, uh, remember reading some interesting reports. Yeah, I'm going to say Hearts because I think to remember that. Mm, that might be right actually. Yeah. But he he clearly there's there is a player in there somewhere. He came on in the Fulham game last week, which I'll talk about um, shortly. Um, and he un, he underwhelmed. Um, I just think that maybe a move to to Burton. Um, where he can can get lots of minutes, play regularly. There is a player in there somewhere, and he may well develop into into a, a player that can do it in the championship every every week. I mean, he was he was alone at Stevenage mm-hmm. uh, at first, and I was, which I'm glad I didn't know about because I uh, I actually I've been to a few Stevenage games. I've got a friend who moved there, so I've been to a few Stevenage games, mm. and he was alone at Ross County. Oh yeah, Ross County. Yeah. Um, well, so I got that completely wrong. No, that's all right. That's all right. It's, there's a lot going on. We're trying to keep track of everything. There is. Yeah, there is. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I mean, that's it's it's one of those where you, you just wonder will he come back to haunt Blues at some point? You know, he'll get promoted up to the Championship uh, with with someone maybe Burton, uh, and he'll. That's <laughs> only one, goal. right? And yeah, I yeah. They, I don't know too much about them, but uh, I do think that that will that will bite us in the ass a mm. bit because I just think that. He's the kind of player that, that that every team kind of needs, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and he came through at Blues. He you know he was born in Solly Hall, Blues fan, of course, yeah. you know. So yeah. it would have been another one of those maybe. But you know, at, at the end of the day, if if uh, if Lee Bowyer, who I assume is the one who would have made the decision that he wasn't going to use him, mm. decided he wasn't good enough, you know, all the best to him. I hope I really do hope he makes a good career for himself. I hope yeah. that we do come to regret it because he. Mm. He's a Birmingham boy, and and we'd never we'd never want him to fail. So yeah. uh, hopefully he comes good. I really I really hope he does. Yeah, uh, well said. I think that's 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 the correct way of looking at it. Uh, and then finally, the final outgoing that I've uh, thought we should talk about is uh, Jonathan Lecco. Yeah, uh, he's gone out on loan to Charlton. Um, I mean, really, you see the Blues fans on Twitter and on Facebook fan groups and and on Instagram there's a real frustration with Jonathan Lecco. Clearly there is a player in there somewhere. He's got the touch. He's got, he's, he's, he's quick. He can dribble, but it's, there's just something not quite clicking. Uh, and then it didn't click last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw a silly stat that may, uh, Lee Camps had more goals uh, slash assists, more goal involvements than John Lecco. <laughs> I actually remember the assist. It was uh, out of his hands, wasn't it? And it bounced and, mm. uh, Jukovic put it put put in a tardy finish. I remember. Yeah, that. he did. Yeah, he sort of bullied and turned the defender, and then. Oh, like, how much? It, how know? much do I miss Lee Camp? <laughs> I miss that man so much. He's quite something. It's like box office. You don't really know what's going to happen when he's in goal. Oh my god, he is. He. I mean, the penalty. The penalty legend. Mm. He's at Derby now. 
which I didn't know. Bloody hell. Lee comes at Derby. <laughs> I hadn't seen. Is that. he the backup keeper? To, no way is he like the backup keeper. He's doing quite well then. Still knocking about in the champ. Thirty-seven years old. I, oh, mate, Lee Camp, what a man. <laughs> anyway, but back to um, Leco. I yeah. think. I think going back to Charlton, which is obviously where he's played his best football, is kind of predictably boring, I suppose. And how many times mm. do we say maybe he needs a loan spell to get his confidence up and whatever? Yeah. Hopefully that's the case, but I just I can't see it working out for him. I think. I think that that maybe Lee Bowyer is starting to think about cutting his losses with him. Yeah, and it's a shame. I think clearly Leco had a, a great season under Bowyer um, at Charlton a few years ago. Um, I think got his best numbers. But I, what I do think um, is that really he needs to get a goal from somewhere and get some confidence. Uh, and alone is a good way of doing that. So since you know he had a serious injury last time he was at Charlton, he's, he's not really been quite the same player. Um, and yeah, we, we what we what we really want to see from him is is gaining that confidence, getting a few goals, not not getting greedy, but just getting getting that first goal, and then he'll be off and running, and then the confidence will start to flow through his veins a little bit, and, and we'll we'll perhaps start to see a bit of a player, a real player, start to emerge that might actually be uh, quite a good asset for, for Birmingham. Um, so that's all I'd noted down for for my transfer outgoings and, and incomings. Uh, because we've still got to do our match reports and time is against us a little bit. Uh, have you got anything else you'd like to, to add, Joe? Uh, for me? No, uh, not, not for me, really. Wonderful. Uh, I don't know where I got that Derby County thing from, though, on Lee Camp. I'm, I, OK, no, OK, I, I got that horribly wrong. He was born in Derby. Oh, right. He did play for Derby County, but he now plays for Swindon. That makes a little bit more sense. That makes way. Well, way I know, I know, desperate. They were pretty desperate at Derby, but I didn't think they'd be that desperate. Um, well, yeah, I was looking at their squad. I was thinking if they've got him as well, because he's he's not even on the bench or anything. So I thought maybe he's like, he just doesn't have a, <laughs> he doesn't have a, like a, uh, can't even get into a squad. <laughs> well, they don't have enough players. players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that oh, would be very Lee Camp to be fair. It would. Oh, I love him, Lee Camp. You are my dream podcast guest <laughs> I'm, I'm pleased you added podcast guest to the end of that uh, <laughs> right I think <laughs> on that note I think we're gonna just take a quick break and then we're gonna do our match reports and then we'll leave you all in peace welcome back to the final section of this week's royal blue podcast we have finally got to the uh, match reports uh, for the cup game against Fulham and the league game against Barnsley. Uh, I'm going to quickly whip through what I've noted down from them uh, and then we're going to do our stars and stinkers uh, to take us home. So it's two contrasting performances from uh, this week from Blues uh, with a much-changed squad stumbling to a 2-0 defeat in the Carabao Cup to Fulham and an impressive return to action for the first-team regulars against Barnsley in a 1-1 draw at Oakwell where Blues were disappointed to come away with only a point. Both teams were much changed for the cup tie. Uh, that's Birmingham and Fulham. Uh, I think Bowyer made nine changes and uh, Fulham boss Marco Silva made 10 changes. Uh, the game started evenly with Blues starting to apply some pressure just as Fulham youngster Jay Stansfield lashed in a stunning strike after the visitors nicked the ball high up the pitch. That goal saw Fulham seize the initiative and control for the rest of the game. The Blues' best chance fell to midfielder Riley McGree. Uh, who blazed a volley over the bar early on. Uh, one of only two efforts on goal for the hosts, compared to 17 from Fulham. Substitute Anthony Robinson cut inside and drilled home to secure Fulham's third successive away win late on. 
The host registered to fail a single shot on target as Fulham dominated possession throughout. Um, so Blues are out of the cup, but it's not yep. all doom and gloom. Um, it's not. It's not. Um... I, think, I think it's one of those where they rotated. There are a few players that I was um, underwhelmed by, some that I thought were, were quite good. I actually thought that um, Dion Sanderson grew into the game and had, and had did, a fairly yeah, solid yeah. game. Um, of course, it was Neil Etheridge's first game back uh, post yeah. his because he had a really big struggle with COVID. He did. He was quite um, unwell. Yeah, he was. So he was. He was quite. He, yeah, he was really unwell. Um, yeah, I was. I was a bit underwhelmed with Riley McGree in the middle of the park. I think a uh, little bit of a preview to who may be in the stinkers segment, the stars and stinkers. <laughs> um, but I mean, you look at the Fulham team, and they're they get yeah, they rotated a lot, but they still had. Nicholas Cabano in there. They still had Bobby Reed. Mm. It's like Anthony Knockhart playing, who mm. who is a real quality. I mean, in the Premier yeah. League for Brighton, he was one of the one of the really standout players for a Seagulls team that was uh, punching above their weight at times. Yeah. Um, and then their pack three: Alfie Mawson, Michael Hector, and Dennis Adoy, a, a three established centre backs, and that was a rotated team. So uh, you know. They didn't need to bring on Mitrovic. They did bring on Ivan uh, Cavallero late on and Josh Onoma and, of course, Anthony Robinson, who got that late goal mm. to kill the de- to kill the game in the water. Yeah, well, that's that's the real thing, isn't it? The drop-off between Fulham's first team and second string, if you like. There's still mm. so much quality there, whereas for Birmingham, um, <laughs> the drop-off is quite significant there. It is, it is. And you, look, they, yeah. didn't even, they didn't even have uh, Wilson on the bench. Yeah, they just left him at home, you know. So, but you know, I think uh, I don't think uh, we're too fussed about a cup run. I think the league is where we need to focus on. And yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely uh, right, and and that's where we'll turn our focus uh, now. Um, the the trip to Oakwell was uh, well, it was quite an interesting game for Blues. There was little to separate the two sides in the first five, 45 minutes, uh, although Barnsley started brighter with Callum Styles giving the hosts a rapid early lead, finding the net after just six minutes with a storming strike from 25 yards out. Styles, who had last scored for the Tykes in February, had the chance to double their lead after 28 minutes when he was set up again uh, by, uh, there's a winger called Odouard, I've forgotten to put his first name down. It's probably for the best. Uh, but the 21-year-old couldn't get his shot away uh, and it was easily saved by Sarkic. Um, yet there were signs an equaliser was coming when Lukas Jukovic sent a shot narrowly over the bar. Um, then when the towering striker got in between two defenders not long after, as the ball came over, he calmly controlled the ball before shooting into the goal from close range to bring Blues level. Lee Bowyer's team, searching for back-to-back victories on the road, turned up the heat in the final 25 minutes and created enough chances to have found a winner. Tahir Chung and Scott Hogan both sent shots wide before Bradley Collins uh, produced a match-winning save in a one-on-one to deny Hogan again. Barnsley then had the post to thank as Chuck Zanecki was denied with nine minutes to go leaving both teams resigned to taking a point each. So the performance, absolutely brilliant at Oakwell by the sounds of it. You know, there's an early setback uh, with, a, with a great strike that it's one of those where it happens sometimes, it happens to any team, um, but they stuck at the task, Blues, and, and they got themselves a point. And if anything, they could have gone on to score three, four goals, but it just, yeah. just wouldn't, get, wouldn't get that decisive goal, unfortunately. If you put Troy Deeney in that one-on-one situation... Mm. That's that's three points, I reckon. That's the difference. That's the difference, isn't it? And uh, you know, again, how many times have we talked about Tahith Chong? It's, we're on episode four. I feel like we've mentioned him a hundred times. <laughs> he he is. So, I'm. I mean, I'm in love with him. I've already. 
I'm already convinced that we're going to sign him on a permanent deal <laughs> when we get promoted, and right. we're gonna he's going to captain the team in a few mm. years, and right. he's going to win the Ballon d'Or. Um, <laughs> <laughs> While being a Blues, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, obviously at Blues, yeah, of course. Um, I actually think it might have been one of his quietest, not even, it wasn't a quiet game, but it was one of his quietest, but that shows you how good he's been because he was still good in this game. It was, it's, it's, it's a weird one, but it's, it's, it, there hasn't been really a bad performance from him yet. And, and this was perhaps the worst, uh, even though it was still quite good. <laughs> so it shows you show how good a player he is. It does. I think... Um... I'm just I, I'm really excited to see how he develops because he's already st- he's got a really good base to, to build off of. And I tell you what, him having someone like Troy Deeney to lead him mm. is only going to be positive. Yeah. And also, I think because Troy Deeney was actually talking about him in in his interview and he was talking about how even if Tahith Strong doesn't come back to Blues, he'll go back to Manchester United and he'll be talking about how good Blues were with his development. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly... You know, you start getting players who want to come to Birmingham, who want to be, you know, learning their trade at West Hills. Yeah. You know, and uh, I, I think that that for all parties, this is it, that move is really will work out. It already has. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, well, I think we saw we saw that as well with Jesse Lingard a few years ago. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's quite a few years ago. Quite a Seven years ago. But. Um, yeah, I know that Lingard also messaged Chung on uh, Instagram and said you'll have a great time down there and, and stuff. So clearly, it's not necessarily a bad arrangement. Um, you know, if we can be uh, almost like a sort of B team for Manchester United. <laughs> Worst team <laughs> to be the B team for. Yeah, yeah, that works for me. Um, but it's interesting that Troy Deeney's thinking like that as well. He's always already thinking about the club as a whole. And, and... Well, he's already thinking ahead, you know that? Yeah. That's what they do. Uh, I think... Uh... Sarkic between the sticks. I mean, one thing I was surprised about was Truman was on the bench again rather than Etheridge. Mm. So I don't know how long he's going to be. I think Sarkic may have won Lee Bowyer over. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I, I I do think that, that Sarkic might be our number one mm. for like us. Well, our starting goalkeeper is way the number one. Mm. But um, yeah, and I think Etheridge may find himself on the bench a fair amount in the next yeah, few it's weeks. It's interesting, isn't it? I think... Um, it's certainly not not a bad dilemma to have. I think Sarkic has improved um, since since there are a few shaky moments in in uh, preseason, and there you know there's still the odd moment, but he's he's slowly improving, slowly getting better, um, and I think that that can only be a good thing if we've got an improved Sarkic and a returning Etheridge battling out for that that number one jersey, that number yeah, one for sure. place. For I sure. think that's that can only be a good thing. Um, Again, obviously, it's, it's Duke's first goal of the season. Um, you know, he works tirelessly and offers so much to the team. It's not just goals that he brings. Uh, he, you know, he, the, the, the defensive side of the game, he helps us defend set pieces. Um, he, he works so hard in pressing the ball and holding the ball up for us. It's just such an important part of the side. And he's clearly a good presence and well-respected in the, in the dressing room as well. But for him to get his goal is is, is really well-deserved. And, and it was really well taken, actually, to sort of... Uh, sort of tap the ball around the defender and then slam it past the goalkeeper. It was, he's not got known for sort of scoring those sorts of goals, but he had the composure there to to, to take the defender out of the game and, and put it in the back of the net, which is good to get him off the market. You know, the strikers, fundamentally, they do need to score goals and, and getting your first one for the season is always a, a, the monkey off your back. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's off and running. Yeah, he is. 
and I've, again, it's it, you know we are the, that those two in the middle of Sunjic and Woods. I think is a really really good partnership. The, the way they complement each other, Sunjic can win the ball and, and do a lot of the, the the tough running, the hard yards, and Woods does that as well. But but is a lot tidier in possession, better at um, maintaining the ball, and and they complement each other really well. Yeah, um, and I think that that could be a midfield partnership to uh, the other teams will envy. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, and and it was another positive performance again from the, the wide men. It was Maxime Connor and Jeremy Bella. Um, get Bella, I, I think, of course. But Bella in particular, I think the way that he's being used by Bowie is, is, is clever. You know, he's, he's, he's not a left wing back. We know that. And he is having to, to do some defending. But the way that the, those other four players work, Pedersen, Dean, Roberts and Connor, we can almost in possession switch them into a back four. Um, and operate like that, and then allow Bella that to, to push on a little bit, and then when we're we're out of possession, we can we can adjust. It. We, there's sort of like an in-game flexibility and versatility to that that is quite a quite a potent way to to change things on the fly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think um, it's really it's 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 kind of ingenious from uh, from from Lee Bowyer to to use him in that way, and to it does bring another dynamic because if because as you say, you know, in in game. If we suddenly need to, to to really burst on the attack, there's no reason that Pedersen can't move out to left back. Colin can 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 drop back a bit, and Bella can be more free forward. Yeah. Um, but then you know it's a good way to be defensively stable. It allows you to have three at the back. It allows Bella to to have a bit of freedom, and he seems more than happy to to track back and work hard for the team, mm. which is something he's been criticised for in the past. Yeah. So. Um, Boya seems to have gotten everyone on side, and I, 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 I'm super excited about it. Yeah, um, and I think before we move on to our stars and stinkers, that that's the crucial thing, isn't it? Everyone seems to be working hard. They've bought into into what Bowie is trying to do, and having another voice in there like Troy Deeney, who who gets the club, who loves the club, it can only mean one thing. You know, they'll, they'll all be um, right up for it in the dressing room, really fired up and really willing to work hard and and put in those high yards. And that's all Blues fans want. That you know we're I don't. I wouldn't want to speak for the whole fan base, but I don't, we're not after fancy technical players. I think if, as long as the players are working hard uh, and they're putting in an honest shift, and it's not going to work out. There'll be some days where you know we get battered three or four nil, but as long as the team it works hard and puts that shift in, uh, the the fans will be behind them one hundred percent, and that seems to be what's happening now. Every week we're seeing the team put everything on the line and, and really go for it. Yeah, we are, and 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 I think that we've built a team here that no one wants to play against. Mm. I've got no doubt in my mind that Fulham will be thinking about that game where they've got to come up to St Andrews and seeing seeing the fact they'll have to play against our first team. Mm. And 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 they'll be thinking that they'll probably be thinking that'll be the first game where they where they think they may not take all three points away. Yeah, yeah. Should be. Should be interesting to see how the teams will get on at St Andrews. Just gotta make sure the uh, the stands get sorted. So yeah. <laughs> get, sorted. get it sorted. Yeah, yeah. So I think we'll wrap up the show with our stars and stinkers. We've gone on yeah. long enough. Um, stars for me, I mean, I've not even made a list. I'm just going to throw some names out there. Stars for yeah. me from the last week. Jeremy Bella has got to be up there, I think. Absolutely, he's, he's absolutely. Brilliant, brilliant against Barnsley. A constant menace. Works really hard as well in tracking back. Duke, I've put down, uh, I've, I've, I've thought as well. Oh, he's you know, got his goal and, and just works so hard all the time and really does that other side of the game for the, the team so well. Um, and I, I think I want to mention Ivan Sunjic as well. I thought was very good against Barnsley. Um, Didn't pick up a yellow card. 
He did not pick up a yellow card, which is a rarity, but he did get an assist, and that's a better habit to have, I think. That is a much better habit to have. More <laughs> of those, please, Ivan. Yeah. That's he does, see, he does play like Modric. Oh, mate, yeah, definitely. We definitely don't need to sing the rest of the song, but <laughs> uh, I, I, I do love Ivan Sinic. I think uh, one of the reasons I fell in love with the club, actually, that song. Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I was actually I bumped into some blues fans at Reading Festival. We started singing it. It was uh, that that was eventful. Um, I'd like to also throw in uh, Sarkic. Uh, okay. I uh, I mean he didn't have all that much to do. The twenty four year old in the game. Uh, I mean there was nothing he could have done about the goal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it you know I, I myself I am a goalkeeper so I'm always going to favour goalkeepers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do think that he uh, he deserves a mention. Yeah, I, I think you're right. He's really sort of started to settle into the role a little bit now. Mm. I think you're right to point out the, the little conundrum we've got there between those uh, Sarkic and, and, and Etheridge. I would put Chung in my star section again, but I think he's going to be in there he, so much. He's going to be in so much. I think I'm going to leave him out this week. I think we should just like <laughs> permanently in the star section. Don't even yeah. need to move it. Don't even need that. Like, unless, he, unless he like genuinely, unless he's got like a hat trick. Yeah, like, like, what more can we ask of him? He's unbelievable. Yeah, completely agreed. And then let's if, get the stinkers think, done. Yeah, let's do the stinkers, and then we'll wrap up. So, I, I, I want to mention a couple of the players from the the cup game, and I'm not going to pick on the youngsters. Yeah. I, I, I will mention. I thought George Friend had quite a poor game. There were lots of wayward passes. Um, he didn't look comfortable. Yeah, that's a point. I mean, um, just I know we're on, I know we're on the sinker section, but yeah. think of the cup game as well. Yeah. On uh, in terms of stars, I think Dion Sanderson deserves a bit of a yeah, yeah, that's a bit worth, of a mention. Worth a mention. Grew, yeah. He grew into the game really well, and yeah. uh, looks looks like he could be quite promising in terms of you know if we need to rest uh, Roberts or or Dean or Pedersen, mm. uh, certainly be more than happy to put him put him in that back three. Yeah, I think once his fitness is there and he can do a full ninety, yeah, sure. he look look quite tired late on. He'll definitely be breathing down the necks of, of Dean and, and Roberts, I'm sure, um, to, to get into one of those defensive places. Um, yeah, so I mentioned George Friend. I think, as you said, Riley McGree as well. Didn't look a little bit off the pace. He had one or two yeah. moments, but but I think he's still perhaps getting a bit of rest. I think this is really just to get some minutes under his belt. He doesn't look quite ready for first-team action uh, yet. Um so I think I think McGree has to be in that section. And I think finally for me, <laughs> and I don't want to pick on him, uh, but I, I want to put Scott Hogan in there. I think there are enough yeah, chances in, in the Barnsley game that we, you should have put one of them away. The one-on-ones with the goalkeeper, I mean, it's it's your, it's bread and butter as a striker if you put through. It should be. Yeah, it should got be. to be able to beat your goalkeeper. And you, you'd think his confidence would be would be would be up now with the, having got himself off the mark against uh, against Luton. Yeah. Um but I think uh, it's just not it's not happening for him, is it? He he still looks like he's playing with shackles on. Yeah. yeah. Which uh, so I do think he'll be the one that will drop out to allow Dini into the side eleven. I think that's absolutely um, correct. Yeah. I and think that's uh, I know I know he's gone now, but also in the stinker. So I'm going to put Johnny Lecco. Uh, he was <laughs> just to twist the knife on his way out the door. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Uh, well, he's only out on loan, and we as look, we, we we're actually we're big fans of his. You know, he's he's got some attributes that. That, that, that can be really good, but he just doesn't. Similar to Adema Traore, right? There was a whole, there's a whole like meme thing going around about him. Like he's so quick, so fast, but then he'll needlessly run the ball out for a goal kick. Yeah. And uh, Johnny Lecco just feels like a less quick, less uh, skillful version of that. He just doesn't have the end product at all. Mm. 
which is a shame because I, I do really like him as a, he seems like a good enough lad. Mm-hmm. And he, there's a player in there. I think half of it is mentality. So yeah, hopefully he'll, 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 he'll perform well for Charlton in league one. Hopefully come yeah. back with his tail up. That's what we want. That's what we want to see. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that has to be it for the, for today's show. I think we've, we've, we've crammed a lot in there. It's, there's been a lot going on. Uh, we will be back next week, uh, hopefully a bit earlier in the week for you. Um, and next week, because it's international break, we're going to have to get creative. <laughs> we're going to be looking at what's going on with the, the youth teams. We'll have a look at what's going on with the women's team as well at Birmingham City. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a slightly different kind of show, but, but uh, yeah, it should be fun. So hopefully you can join us then. Remember, please do follow us uh, on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, on both platforms, we are at Royal Blue Pod. Um, Joe, is there anything you'd like to add or are you off to get some sleep? You, you look tired. <laughs> I'm, uh, from the festival? <laughs> I think I'm going to have to uh, go, and, go and I think I'm going to make myself a nice bowl of hot soup nice. and uh, think about Troy Deeney. <laughs> Troy Deeney, <laughs> I love you. Whatever floats your boat, whatever sinks your submarine as we stand here <laughs> on this show. That, no, that's, that, sounds, that sounds good. And I think I need to go and get a cup of tea as well. I've got some work emails to get on with. Go for it, mate. <laughs> Well, thanks for joining us again this week, everyone. And as always, keep right on. Keep right on. Love you, Troy.